Hey everybody, welcome back to the Spooky Z Podcast. I'm Nia and I'm here with my co-host Austin. Was that a question? That was a question. Hi. <laughs> Hold on one second. Okay, is it better? Yeah, alright. Is it better? We're going to start over because okay. uh, the echo was on. Alright. And it sounded like we were in a cave. In a cave. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Spooky Z Podcast. I'm Nia and I'm here with my co-host Austin. Hello. This week, uh... We have a episode for you. We are doing true crime this week. Whoop, whoop. And uh, let me tell you, I started off researching. Okay, side note, I've been researching this one case uh, for like two weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hearkening back on uh, the post that I made last week. We are now only doing two episodes a month due to we busy scheduling conflicts and the amount of time that I actually want to put into the episodes and researching and everything. Um, we can only do two episodes a month. That's what we got time for right now. So as things open up, you know, more then we can. Hopefully, yeah, that's what she said. hopefully go back to an episode every week. But until then, I want to make sure that the quality is there. Therefore, two episodes a month. That's what we're at. That's what where we're at. And I want to make them bangers. So, yeah. Hence, this episode is going to be absolutely crazy. We're talking about a true crime case. Bonkers. That um, has a little bit of everything. It has a little bit of Satan, has a little bit of, you know, 80s crazed drug binges, has a little bit of the Amityville house, like the actual house. Which is just wild. Like, how do we get there? You know what I mean? And has um, a little bit of, would you consider it emo rock? At least, like, folk punk? Yeah. Some level. But it has a pretty popular song that's been going on on uh, all over one TikTok. Of your, one of your favorite TikTok sounds. Yeah. Um, what the song is actually, like, inspired by. So, before we get into today's show, before we get into today's show, please, you know, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you enjoy today's show, please share with a friend. You can find us on the socials at the Spooky Z Pod on Instagram and TikTok. So be sure to follow us there for updates, recipes, and more creepy stuff, dude. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Let's get into today's show. For those of you who are 21 and up, Austin has a delicious Austin has a delicious cocktail recipe for you. Let him have it. Now, you would really think two episodes a month. Whole show getting better. The cocktail segment's improving. You'd be flat fucking wrong, baby. Let's go. Oh my God. It's me that has the scheduling conflict. <laughs> it's my fault. Is it me? Am, am I, I the, the drama? drama? I am. I am the drama. But let's be honest. When am I not? So, in keeping with the same fashion that we have been for about 
three episodes so far. Keeping with the times, all right. Keeping with the times, Continuity. keeping with the vibes. I like it, I like it. We're like going to bring you number 97 of the Difference Guide. And, oh, yeah, you know, in like a couple weeks, we'll probably be doing something different. But for right now, we're going to ride this out. We're probably not making it past 90. Well, don't say that. But, you know, we might make it all the way down to number one. And if we do, I apologize because that, that has been... A really tumultuous hundred weeks. That is two years of me just. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. It's only been one year. No, I'm saying if I made it to. Oh. No, because I mean, before I was looking up all the cocktails, doing all the recipe, doing, you know what I mean? Looking okay. up the histories and shit. Now yeah, yeah. I am, I'm, I, 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 I don't have time. <laughs> so I have not been doing that. <laughs> and, uh, and I apologize, but we From can't just we can't hot. just nix the segment right now. No, and, and people enjoy the yeah. segment. Yeah, so we're gonna keep going, but for the first time since we've started doing the Difference Guide, I am bringing you one that was already on the list, placed fifty seventh in two two thousand and twenty. The you know everyone a, a year that will live on in infamy forever. But. And 80th place in 2019 when it when it debuted, we're going with the Eastern Standard. Okay, bud. Going with the Eastern Standard, <laughs> which is a uh, Soho House Group restaurant, restaurant Soho House Restaurant Group. Okay. Uh, signature Standard, which is inspired, which is based on the East Side. A drink that is inspired by the South Side, which apparently was drank in New York by two opposing gangster bosses, mobster bosses. Interesting. One drank an East Side, one drank a South Side. Both uh, gin-based and, you know, surprise, this one's gin-based too. But honestly, like, all your best cocktails are gin-based. Because gin is the best. It's not 100% true, but I personally think gin is the best. And whoever doesn't think gin is the best is a liar. You know? And so this recipe coming directly from Soho House, whose head bartender... Hold on, I had her name here. This is not going to tell me, huh? Fucking <laughs> Oh. Uh, yes, so Soho House bar manager Annie Sophie Cross offered up some recipes and other things while they were uh, under lockdowns so people could make these cocktails at home. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, pretty cool. So it is... Now, this is the at-home version, so I feel like it's the best one to give to you guys, being as you are... Sir. Come on, Pop. Lay down, Papa. Lay down. Lay down. Yeah, so I will be giving you guys the at-home recipe because we are making this at home. 
chest is tight. Your chest is tight? Why is your chest tight? Muscles-wise. Oh. Okay. So it's traditionally a gin-based drink, but you can make this with vodka if you so choose. Um, you can use... See, this is where they're wrong. It says you can use bottled lime juice, but we all know that's that's not true. That's cap. We all know that's cap, and we know the juice always has to be freshly squozed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be. So you're going to need some freshly squozed lime juice. Um, it also says, you know what, this at-home recipe, it's a lie. You guys are better than this. This is just calling for sugar. No, I know we have simple syrup in the fridge. <laughs> and I know we know we can just make some real quick. <laughs> we know what it is. So if not, if you don't already have it stocked up, we're just going to make some simple syrup real quick. Mm-hmm. We're going to mm-hmm. use that because that's how it should be. Um, you're going to need a cucumber. You're going to need some mint leaves hand clapped. You know what I mean? Yeah, clap them boys like they're ops. Right? No. <laughs> Hit them with the one time. <laughs> let the juices get going. You know what I mean? Just like when you see the ops on the corner. You're not spinning the block on them, though. One's good enough. <laughs> You're also going to need three sliced cucumbers. And, uh... Oh, no, you do... Yeah, okay. So we need a shaker strainer. And, and... We need a muddle stick. Oh, Wow. If you don't have a muddle stick, anything stick shape will do. I feel like, isn't this like the first time we're muddling? No, something? I think we've done an old fashioned, in which case oh, okay. we've had to muddle. But okay. like, this is one of the very few instances yeah. I've, I've I definitely, said we needed a muddle stick. I remember the old fashioned. I don't remember the recipe, but I remember the old fashioned. Okay, there we go. Yes. So we are going to take them three slices of cucumbers, slap them boys in a shaker tin, take your mint freshly put on a t-shirt and throw it in the uh, shaker strainer there with it. Take... I thought you said take your mitt. And I was like, get your fucking mitt. <laughs> take your mitt, put it on a t-shirt. Anyway. <laughs> your mitt. Uh, put that in the shaker strainer. Beat it down with the stick. So I guess you did have to spin the block. Because you're back again to hit the <laughs> mitt. But now you're hitting it with the cucumber, so you're hitting it at the funeral. Like... You know what I mean? Like that elephant did to that lady. <laughs> you remember that story? Yeah. He, the elephant stomped this lady and then spun the fucking block and came back to her funeral to yeah. stomp her out again. Yeah. Whew, wild times. Elephants remember, dude. But so while we're thinking about that, the drink should, you know, we should be should be nice and muddled by now. And then so you're going to go ahead and add the rest of your ingredients, which is your two ounces of vodka or gin. Your one ounce of freshly squozen lime juice, and your three quarters ounce of simple syrup. Not that we're not putting no fucking regular sugar in here. Nah, that, 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 that shit here. don't dissolve. Get that shit out it's of here. It's horrible. Anyway, shake the hell out of it, and think back to about what you have to do to an elephant to make it kill you twice. You know what I mean? Like, just think about what you would have to do, and then grab your fucking chilled coop glass. 
Grab your sh- strainer and a fine strainer because there's going to be chunks. Unless you want your chunks in there. Unless you like it chunky. Unless you like it chunky. You're not selling it, so it don't matter. And then strain it into judge. a coupe glass. see it. Honestly, put it in a fucking glass. Put, it, put some soda on top of it. Put some tonic in there. Okay, okay. You know, do whatever. Live your life. But there you have. Well, you can be classy and say you've had the Soho House Eastern Standard. There you go. Bang. Bada bing. Bada boom. And hopefully, you know, making this cocktail doesn't make an elephant come at you twice. I don't know, though. It could. We're not taking any responsibility for that. I don't. This, this is a disclaimer. I not, I've not. i never known an elephant personally or, you know. Oh, that's the Soho House Hong Kong Eastern Standard. I don't know if they're different between any other, but I think maybe, maybe Soho House Hong Kong is the one that came up with it. Mm. They are a global restaurant. They're Bar chain. Conglomerate. Fucking billionaire embezzlers. I mean, restauranteurs. Delicious. So, let's... On with the show. Let's get into this... Teenage dude. Oh, wait. Did we not do that yet? Oh, I haven't said it yet. Okay. Okay. But let's get into this case because, oh my gosh, the twists, the turns. It's like a Shyamalan film. Eh, not really. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but... All right, well... You said twists and turns. So. Yeah, I know. I said twists and turns, but there really isn't many turns and nor twists. So it's, just, it's like really? a drag race. It's, it's just, just fucking hauling ass to the end. Yeah, kinda. It's just like there's a trajectory that it goes on, and then it kind of just follows that path, and it's just okay. But, um, so another side note: when it comes to these cases, I try not to tell Austin much. I was I would say anything, but that. It, it's That'd impossible. It, she, it's impossible. She, she got the gift of gab. She, yeah. She run and tell me in the middle. Because of the day, I will. Like, babe, babe, <laughs> babe. This kid fucking murdered this dude. She honestly half the time no context, no context. She'll be. A, she'll, she has been studying this for days, and, then... and she has like a deep personal connection at this point to this story. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on, and she'll run to me <laughs> with details, a little blurbs excitedly telling me half the story and then be like, oh, wait, but you'll find out the rest in the podcast. Or I will have to stop her because I'll be like, this is podcast related. Uh-huh. Let's wait till the show and then I can hear the rest. But yeah, so just all the time throughout the day, randomly. She'll text me, she'll message, But call. especially with this one because like I've told you, this resonates with me just because of our high school experience <clears throat> and the people that we hung out with in high school and the people that we knew in high school this resonates with me on a different level and while like researching this it, yeah I did have like kind of an emotional a- attachment to the people in in this case but I digress we'll get into it you know and we'll talk about it so we are talking about the Acid King, a.k.a. Fuck yeah. Teenage Dirtbag, a.k.a. Ooh. Ricky or Richard, Richard or Ricky Casso. So this um, case happened in Northport, New York, which is a, um, 
started off as like a maritime village that's located on the northern shore of Long Island in Suffolk, Suffolk County, New York. Um, like I said, it started off as a maritime village with um, a lot of fishermen. The, 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 you know, the population was mainly fisher, fishermen, um, and, but they soon became... Fishmongers. <laughs> they soon grew to become a home for many old money residents who wanted to escape from the city. So a bunch of rich fucks... Surprise. Gentrified <laughs> the fuck. Mm-hmm. Came from the city because the city was getting area. too wild, too crazy. The one that they built and sponsored and uh-huh. funded uh-huh. And, and decided on and made all the decisions for uh-huh. and completely rule. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They're just geriatric scumbags. So according... dirtbags. <laughs> according to... Um, I'm going to make references from... The Acid King documentary by uh, Jesse Polak, who actually wrote a book with the same name, um, and Dan Jones. So in that documentary, he interviews a lot of the people who grew up with Ricky and knew Ricky and, and knew his family, knew the other people that he was hanging out with and, you know, grew up grew up in in the town so they know they have that background knowledge of what actually happened and ricky was during that the time. acid king that's what they called him okay. yeah um but residents that grew up in that area said that it was like an idyllic place to live you know that typical 80s like oh we can go out and be outside and talk to strangers and it was fine and nobody cared nobody did anything nobody's worried about anything it was like like a paradise type of thing okay Rich people shit. Yeah, you know, rich people shit. Um, yeah, so it was an idyllic place to live, and you never knew what kind of adventure you would uh, run into every day. You never worried about anything bad happening. However, because it was so perfect, we grew to have a boredom and a restlessness that seemed incurable. So rich kid shit. So yeah, your typical like suburban kid shit. Everything's perfect. And there's not no real threat necessarily going on that you have to worry no about. No danger. No excitement. Not really, because okay, I grew up in the suburbs, and yeah, it wasn't. You know, you you went home, you did normal kid shit, then you went to school, and that was it. There wasn't anything that you necessarily had to. No, yeah, like, no dangers other than, like, you know, stranger danger. Like, don't go walking around uh, with a stranger. That's that's pretty much it. But I can understand it being a little bit boring because there's nothing else going on. You're, you know, it's, quote, unquote, safe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you start doing drugs. So you, yeah. Um, <coughs> this... Uh, Northport is also was said to be like a hub for artists and then you would have like a lot of actors and musicians coming out of Northport which in the 80s meant a lot of drugs (laughs) going on (laughs) but some of the people who um, are actually from Northport Melissa Joan Hart is actually from Northport 
Sabrina. I was going to say, isn't that Sabrina? Mm-hmm. Um, old school Sabrina, not new age Sabrina. Yeah, old school. So, like, like I wouldn't say original Sabrina was. Was it OG Sabrina? I think, like, the live action, yeah. 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 OG Sabrina. Nice. Um, and Fucking then... Salem the cat. Yeah, right? <laughs> the Blue Oyster Cult is from Northport. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Definitely drugs. And then, of course, Wheatus. The Who? artist, Wheatus. That's the band that uh, Teenage Dirtbag. Oh. That's that band. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So they're from that area. (laughs) So. Obviously. Obviously. We're going to talk about the Casso family. We're going to start off talking about the Casso. Yeah. I want to call him Queso, but I've had to, like, train my brain to say Casso because whenever I read it, I read Queso because I think of freaking... Uh, Quesadillas? No, in um that seventy show. Kelso. Kelso, yeah, I think it Kelso, and so and Queso. all the drugs and everything. So that's <laughs> I read it and I think that. So I'm like, yeah, Queso. But it, every single time I heard somebody say it on the documentary, they Caso. said Casso. So, um, on March 9th yeah, March ninth, nineteen sixty-seven, um, a woman named Lynn. Pitchman, 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 Pitchman. A woman named Lynn Pitchman and a man named Richard Casso had gave birth to a little baby boy, and his name was Richard Allen Casso Jr. Junior. Yeah. I hate the junior. Juniors, yeah, so do I. But yeah, Richard Allen Casso Jr. His mother, Lynn. Um, and his father, Richard, they were both teachers at the local high school. So they met, um, I believe they met at like a party or something and then they got married. But I, when I was going through the records for the marriage and everything, um, I thought it was interesting because back in like the fifties, fifties and sixties, they probably before then too but they would list like your marriage records and your birth records in the paper uh-huh and in that specific i think they still do that do they i don't know i don't read the normal daily so. paper you know because like i know they put like i don't know if maybe they list all the babies and shit but like i know they put like registered gun owners and shit like that. well that makes sense so like i feel like they because I know maybe they still do, like, like obituaries. An, I know maybe that. Maybe you can have, like, an option. Maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe it's, like, a checkbox. But what was interesting about that is that um, they, when they were talking about Lynn's parents, they had, like, their full address on there. <laughs> Jesus. They said docs. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, you get the phone book, and it has your name, your number, your address, everything. You know what I mean? For everybody. But it was just interesting to just, like, read the read phone this... book have addresses? I think, it, it, if it doesn't now, it used to. That's terrifying. Yeah, you know? That seems like a horrible idea. <laughs> but, I mean... Very easy to stalk people. Whatever. Stalking's not real. No, it's very... <laughs> very fucking real like what do you mean but it was interesting to see the little blurb in the paper that would be like oh yeah uh 
uh, Lynn and Richard, they got married on this date and blah, blah, blah. And then listed like the names of their, their bridal party. Oh, fuck. God. Like their first Dude. and last names of the bridal party, Fuck. and then list, and it was like you know Mr. and Mrs. Peckman, and they live at blah 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 blah, and I was just like, this is such a small community that like you can see the names in the papers and be like, Murder oh yeah, I know every I single, <laughs> but it's like I know every single one of those people to be able to put context to Can like. You imagine like you call out of work. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then your name's in the paper. <laughs> like, Fuck, bro! Stop snitching. <laughs> Do you want to get another pillow? Oh, I'm, I'm changing. These pillows are uncomfortable. Do you want to get another? Do you want to switch the chairs? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, if, if you take that chair out, then there's room and you move this thing. So then along with Ricky, the uh, Cassos had three daughters as well. Oh, jeez. But I, I don't – I couldn't find any information on them. They, they weren't all up in the newspaper? Nope. Nope. Damn. I mean, they're, they're, you know, his younger sisters. But I couldn't find – I don't have no idea what their names are. Mm-hmm. Wild. No idea. Ricky's they, whole they, they exist. We know that. We know that for sure they that they were exist. Real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So up are until real. are real, I think. Up until the seventh grade, um, his family remarked on how he was like a gifted child, and would do remarkably well in school and be. Um, he was kind of athletically talented. Now his family would say that he, you know, was decent at playing sports, but then other people would be like, ah, he's not really that good. But, you know, that's not neither haters here nor there. Hate, though, you know what I mean? Like, haters <laughs> just hate. He's a, nah, he's a bum. Yeah. He's a bum. That Ricky kid, Ricky was a bum. I could run faster than him any day. But, I mean, right, like. tire. Yeah. But we've, I mean, like I said, when I'm talking about, like, relating to this case, we all, all know people who are, like, supposed to be, like, the gifted child. You know, oh my gosh, they've been able to do X, Y, Z before they were this age. And oh my gosh, they're going to be a prodigy type mm-hmm. type shit. And, you know, with that comes a lot of pressure to do really well in school. And then if you don't do well, you're looked at as like a failure, especially being born in the 60s. That was gross. Please don't do that again. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. Please stop. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to do that. It's not. And that's why I'm going to throw up. Stop. Is that just the bones? I don't cooking? know what I don't want to think about it. 
classmates remember him as being an average kid, no behavioral problems or anything, and that he would indicate, um, and would indicate that he'd be an issue. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, no behavioral problems or anything that would indicate that he'd be a problem down the line. Um, describing him, describing him as being like an average Joe with a plain shirt, jeans, and tan boots back in the seventies. Again, everyday schmuck. Just your everyday dude, you know, walking in with his his little boots. <laughs> little, little new boot scoot. Mm-hmm. Boot scoot and boogie. <laughs> new boot but by the seventh grade, his family would state that he began to grow, quote unquote, troubled, and often turned to drugs and Satanism once uh, puberty hit, saying that he probably had a. Um, faulty wiring and around that time and that when puberty hit that that's when it started to to show just trigger the drugs and the devil you know <laughs> turn what 12 and it was just like oh man <laughs> you know what would make devil these hormones better drugs <laughs> the devil got a hold of them yeah um however from those who knew him and the family Oh, because uh, I haven't, I didn't put in commas. However, those from those who knew him and the family, they would say that his father may have had a, a role to play in his rebellion. He was known to have been uh, to often beat Ricky, abused him emotionally, and would kick him out of the house starting at the age six of thirteen. Starting at the age of thirteen, after months of fighting, leading up to Ricky actually like running away from home for a brief point. Not Ricky was probably. We can't make this about you, Bubby. <laughs> but, like, what the hell, dude? Like, what the hell? One of Ricky's friends, um, a kid named Dave Johnson, remembers Richard Sr. to be, quote, a complete jerk-off. <laughs> Fucking jerk-off. <laughs> He was um Rich, a fucking jerk wolf. <laughs> Richard was the coach of the high school the high school football Oof. team and uh was thought to be kind of stuck up and seemingly st- stereotypical of a, like a 60s 70s upper class father figure. Yeah. Just hard on all of his kids, especially the boy, and you have to follow these exact footsteps again or else you're you trash. Trace, you fucking garbage. Yeah. You fucking trace. And I'm not going to hug you. I'm not going to tell you that I love you. Like, I, you're just expected to be better. Better. Literally a mini me. But better. But, but not too. Much yeah. Better. But better, but not better than me. But right. like better but than like me. Better but than like, me, like, like not. But until like until I not. die. Exactly. Like, you're like, not allowed I to be better than me until I die. You. Exactly. Which wow. you're you're literally just supposed to be an extension of me and my accomplishments, and you're supposed to carry on that. But then, like when like I die, you're made then to make yeah. me look, look better. better. Yeah, yeah. But like, not look better than me. Right. Yeah. You know, like you can play really good basketball, but not better than I can, or I'm gonna foul you. I'm going to tell you that you're stupid. As and... a grown man, I'm. To foul a child. Yeah. 
<laughs> Richard was also said to have uh, a tight hold on what, what Ricky's <laughs> interests were. I thought you were about to say a tight no. hold. I was no. like, <laughs> what? Richard got a tight booty. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he was, he was said to have a tight hold on what Ricky's interests were. Like I said, you're only allowed to like what I think you should like and what's normal for you to like. Um, he wanted Ricky to be an athlete and graduate from a prestigious school, but Ricky was more of a creative mind and wanted to pursue music. This made the two butt heads and probably what caused Ricky to rebel as much as he did, um, being the, like, Oh, as much as he did um, with the like the social stigma behind the alternative lifestyles with art and music and everything like that back then. Yay. However, when he so he w- he ran away from home, he came back and but then his his dad was like, no, nah, you, you can you can get the step in. So he kicked him out. He kicked go him out at 13. Get. Yeah, he kicked him out at 13. At so 13, at 13 wild. years old. He kicked his own son out of the house. That's wild. Just because, like... You're different. You're different. And I'm sure he probably had... Honestly, I, I feel like... Probably had some type of, you know... Neurodivergence of some oh, sort. Probably. Probably. And then he started taking drugs of freaking hard drugs, you know, in his teens. So that didn't help, help at all. Yeah. So I'm sure there was like a disconnect in communication, and then his, you know, dad was a dick. A dick. Dick was a dick. Yeah. Dick was a dick. So, um, whenever he was kicked out, Ricky resorted to selling weed and LSD at the loading docks behind Northport's uh, Ground Round Restaurant, which is now yeah, like, a, which is now like a dry cleaners, um, so he could buy food. The loading right, docks. Ricky. Hmm. I said, all right, Ricky. Yeah. He said, I got to make money Ricky somehow because I got to make food. I got to eat. He said, I'll get the bag. Right. Um, the loading docks were often frequented by local teenagers who seen, seemed to be up to no good by other residents. Well, they were buying weed and LSD. They were so, buying weed and LSD. but so fucking Ricky. From, from what I understood, it was just these kids were just being kids. Being kids. Doing drugs, yeah. Existing. But, like, like... they weren't really doing much. I mean, some mischief, you know, probably stealing... Throwing some eggs. Some kids were definitely stealing shit. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, like, people gonna steal. Yeah, it's just... like, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm just saying, like, it's not the end of the fucking world. No, exactly. Exactly. And we'll get into... Rome's not falling because someone stole some fucking candy bars. Now, when... Kids are running into liquor stores and bashing fucking glasses and taking book bags full of shit like we've developed it now, like, because, you know, you can't touch people because they'll sue, but that's not okay. But, like, we only got here because y'all made such a big fucking deal about candy bars. And, like, we'll get into some of the people that Ricky hangs around with, but... Which are probably not good people because he's selling weed and LSD down at the docks. No, but, like I said, as we talk about it, I'm envisioning people that we hung out with. <laughs> you know, Ricky, I'm envisioning as someone I fucking hung yeah, out with. Yeah, you know what I mean? mean? Yeah. So I definitely ended up at Ricky's house <laughs> or at the docks with Ricky at you know? like three o'clock in the morning one fucking time. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So usually 
the you know just kids hanging out smoking maybe dealing and trying to you know find another find time away from whatever stressors were at home because everybody's parents were up their butt about doing stuff and then especially if you're not like on the quote-unquote straight and narrow and you like heavy metal you like to do art you like to you know you have more of a creative you like to hang out at the docks you like to hang out at the docks at 3 a.m no but you you know you maybe i don't know skateboarding was a thing in the 80s wasn't it it was more popular in the 90s but i I think yeah i think it was i was around in the 80s or just like riding your bike and stuff my dad used to like skateboarding he was like that would have been the 80s bmx was bmx a thing in the 80s oh yeah Yeah. so i mean like riding bikes and shit just alternative shit just alternative like interest playing fucking D D was like yeah Exactly, and we'll get we'll get into that too. Now it's just weird, but, but like, it's um, fun as fuck. Yeah, so th- those are those are your kids, and you want them to You're be to good at sports. You want them to be in school and be interested in school and be good at school and go to a good job and then become doctors. That's that's what your your idea for your children. It that's what it is. But then they don't want to do that, and so now you oh, hate them. Exactly. So to escape that, like this is fucking lame. I'd rather not be here. I'm gonna go hang out behind the fucking in, in the docks and sell drugs. That seems like a way more fun time to me i get to go hang out with my friends yeah and get high so make money yeah y'all are sleeping i'm making money (laughs) i'm hustling i'm grinding rookie would take refuge at friends houses on their couches but um when he was unable to do that because you know their friend's parents would be like this dude has been here for five days and He's not going home anytime soon. I need him to leave my house. Um, he would find unlocked cars. Oh, ab- I definitely hung out with fucking Ricky. Unba- abandoned buildings. Yeah. Build beds out of discarded pallets and slept in the woods or on the ground or on the floor of a public restroom um, at a local private beach that was near his house. Yeah, I definitely knew Ricky. You know what I mean? A couple Rickies. You know what I mean? Uh, this was not necessarily Four strange for the town because there are other kids. Degenerates. Degenerates. Yeah, degens, basically. Fucking degens. Yeah. Uh, there were other teens that would wind up, you know, in a similar situation where they were also sleeping, you know, wherever. They weren't staying at home, got kicked out of their house, whatever. There are some kids that, um, in that documentary, they would talk about how they would steal boats that were on, you know, um on the harbor not their boats not their parents boats just a boat they would take it into the the middle of the harbor and then just sleep in that boat for the night yeah because they didn't have anywhere Um, else to go i can say though i knew several rickies and there are rickies that are rickies and it's their fault Mm -hmm. and there are rickies and they are products of environments and Mm -hmm. situations Mm -hmm. this ricky seems to be more of a product of environment situations and like as Less we'll talk about it well i'll leave it at the towards the end okay. we'll, we'll get into all that yeah. at the end because i'll have my obviously my own opinions but um which i agree with you but yeah yeah so but stealing a boat and sleeping just in the middle of the ocean fucking i rogue. would never well i mean when it's in the harbor like it's in the you know what i mean the your wake and shit isn't getting too crazy but like still that's 
so fucking rogue. Like, that is you know so what I mean? fucking unhinged, but, like, at the same time, like, <laughs> I can tell I'm still a D-Gen, because I'm like, that's fucking dope. <laughs> like, that's fucking rad, dude. It's not like, even like If that. I could have done that, I fucking, that seems so great. I don't even know if I would have had the balls <laughs> to just steal someone's boat in the middle of the I don't know if I'd have. <laughs> As he questions. <laughs> it depends on who I was with that night. Okay. It was very peer pressure oriented. <laughs> I definitely knew a couple couple rickies that could have got us into that fucking boat and we'd have been sleeping in the boat in the middle of the fucking night. And I just thought it was the coolest fucking thing. That just seems rad. Rad as shit. I once slept in a house that was like, I slept in several houses that were under construction. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, this is what I'm saying. You... Unhinged rawness. Mm-hmm. This is fucking. So many more kids should have died than did. And I mean that in the sincerest of ways. Like, good God. The fact that we made it through all of all of life in droves. And this is just unanimous, because, like, I know our our group and our friends, obviously, with the Rickies and the, of the world and shit, like, mm-hmm. that, that, that's not a small. The fact that not more children aren't just, like, dropping, you know what I mean? No, in our generation, you mean? Just in in general. (laughs) Just in general, I guess. Just in general. Because we weren't the only ones that lived like that. Mm. And it just seems, yeah, it seems crazy. Because, you know, all of them just out here wilding all the time. Just hearing this. This was in the, what, 80s? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Also. Sorry to get derailed, but yeah, just sleeping on a boat. It just seems so fucking, that's badass. That's badass. <laughs> that's a different level of like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> you're like high school aged. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen things where like adults do it in New York now and they don't pay, like to not pay rent. They'll live on their boat and then they dock coming to the city. That sounds like yeah, some like rich that. people shit, yo. That, that's like that's definitely that's definitely like oh yeah, <laughs> I bought a bus and refurbished it for fifty thousand dollars. You know, and you know, and then well, bought the bus for fifty thousand, refurbished it for like a buck ten, and then uh, you know we just drive all across the country transporting different you know yeah, states to states while filling up a bus full of diesel. That is rich kid with. Uh huh elsewhere income uh-huh. millennial in an article that took three paragraphs to mention the fact that they stayed with their parents for 12 years who paid their rent and their college tuition off and gave them a job to start debt free and with a plus 820 credit score which like great good for you great i'm so I'm happy not hating it's just the fact but of- you're a kylie jenner billionaire it, like, yeah, it's just it, the fact of like anybody could do this. Don't don't say that. Don't yeah, try to relate. You sound Stop as it. weird as as it's, Kim Kardashian saying people don't want to work and yeah. as Kylie Jenner being named a billionaire. It's borderline offensive. It it's not even borderline. <laughs> it's fucking offensive. Yeah, it was just. I there's was just people out this. here. There's people <laughs> out here whose parents have ruined their credit by the time they're seventeen. Yeah. Who you know didn't have lights on didn't have sub flooring let alone plush carpet mm-hmm. the, yeah get fucking scrubbed me <laughs> like honestly get scrubbed that's enough of the social economic tangents so back still, to ricky ricky and his get bs fucking scrubbed. so um it was at this point that ricky noticed uh was noticed it was at this point that ricky was noticeably noticeably 
noticeably, started to go off the deep end. Quotes. Quotes. From classmates and local accounts, Ricky would try to make himself appear to be unhinged and brag that he could speak to the devil, um, often positioning himself as like a Satan expert. He would tell people that he would love, he would see the devil in the woods where he stayed and um, that he would quote, um, this is from uh, an account of somebody that knew Ricky in school. Um, He said that the devil would come and would come in the form of a tree which sprouted out of the ground and glowed i tried to question him about it but he said i don't like to talk about it people think i'm nuts yeah his father would claim that that's when he started to heavily get into the occult and would be caught reading books about it in the local library which that part from like different sources that i would read would be like a huge thing and um like a huge point in the development of where where this case goes that he was in the library reading books on the occult which like from like i said from that documentary all the people that they were talking about like that that's just what that's kid shit and i was like yeah that's kid shit that's just kid shit that's not weird that's not weird no. because that you're you just questioning the world around you and wanting to know more about the world around you. That's Never not, questioning that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. So him renting or him renting basically, but him checking out books or no, because he didn't even check out the books. He would just read them at the library, and there was at one point a librarian like told his parents what he was reading. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Because it's like you have you have the books there. Yeah. You're the one supplying the material. Yeah. You know. I'm just reading what you have in here. And then you're gonna go tell my parents about it? Goofy. Why? Yeah. That like that's only you're only instigating issues in my home life. Like I've come here to you see I'm Already not home, tumultuous right? home life. Like you see I didn't check this out and go home. Like you see I'm in here every day reading this. In that's here. how she knew to snitch. Yeah, exactly. No, you're hiding it from your parents. I, I should be able to have my own privacy. Because there shouldn't be anything in the library that is alarming for me to read. Right? Okay. <laughs> also, you're like you're a fucking librarian, bro. <laughs> you're supposed to support book reading. You know. His father would click. Oh, sorry. Accounts of his appearance at the time would include statements that he would always look spaced out and would give people the creeps because he seemingly would go out of his way to, like, appear crazy. Um, and there were pictures of him during, like, later, in his later years, mm-hmm. um, where, yeah, he kind of would have, like, this kind of spaced out look. One, drugs. His brain's probably fried. But two, like I said, this just reminds me of kids that we went to school with. I'm just I I want to I'm an outcast socially so I'm just going to be me or I'm going to create this persona to kind of like embellish my personality a little bit to make me a little bit more interesting to start conversations or to get people to leave me alone whatever either way one particular instance from a classmate from um, there was an article written in the Rolling Stone in on um, 
1984 called uh, From Kids in the Dark. There was a kid named Mark Fisher who knew Ricky, and he said, I've known Ricky since sixth grade. First time he tripped in seventh grade in, uh, in art class, he, draw, he drew a dragon on the board and, and said it started to move. First time Ricky got in trouble was in eighth grade. He stole a container of high C from the church. Kind of ironic that he ends up worshiping Satan and starts stealing and started stealing stuff from the church. So he's been on and off drugs since the seventh grade. Good God. Yeah. Um, Ricky. Wait. Yeah, Ricky got so involved with drugs that classmates would usually like try to steer clear of him for the most part. Um, they kind of would just refer to him as the burnout kid that they would hang out with when they needed to buy drugs because he always had drugs. So they would just buy drugs off of him. But any other time they kind of like steer away from him a little bit because he's kind of crazy. He kind of seems like somebody you don't want to be around because something bad might happen or he might get you in trouble for something a lot of times they weren't even that crazy that they're just fucking depressed that's what i'm saying like a lot of the times like or at least like that's a huge pool of of the source mm -hmm. is, is like mm -hmm. wild style depression and mm -hmm. misunderstood a mm -hmm. lot of times maybe just a little nerdier mm -hmm. maybe a little tisms maybe a little dhds and that's and when it I'm happens the problem this. is like like you said though it happens early the parents respond bad mm -hmm. um they get dejected or they just don't have a great home life in the beginning you know what i mean they don't come from affluent mm -hmm. so like they're just already surrounded by you know poor low-income houses just drug use is kind of synonymous especially yeah. depending on like the areas you grow up in so yeah and yeah a lot of the times it's, it's just not and and then you know they that's their their expression is weird from the norm mm -hmm. and especially when you're younger growing up you're like oh god gotta steer away from them but you know a lot of times they're there's of course the narcissistic ones the ones that full dive into their other brain issues so mm -hmm. I can't think of the real word psychological issues mm-hmm uh, but yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, w we were just the assholes, honestly. Mm -hmm. The large group of the majority. Thinking back on the situation from being around a very diverse group of of lifestyles growing up. Yeah. Not being able to think about it till now, though. Like you know, back in the even being around all the diverse groups you still have the same thought like oh no this kid's weird mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't want to be here because we were his children dirty. yeah we were children yeah and, and yeah and just yeah a lot of times we were the assholes so um Um, yeah, so usually um, his peers, like I said, they would stay away from him for the most part. They just, you know, wouldn't necessarily hang out with him on their own. Like, if there was a group of people, fine. Ricky's there, fine. But just, you know, one-on-one, eh, you know, try to keep my distance a little bit. 
but you know the younger the underclassmen thought he was like the coolest because it's this kid he's living on his own i mean he was surfing couches and living in the woods but to a friggin you know freshman freshman or like a middle schooler that's badass like (laughs) dealing drugs doing drugs he always comes to school high as fuck drinking that's so cool and then into satan that's so awesome listening to heavy metal and you know doesn't give a fuck about anything anything doesn't give a fuck does you know so on the surface like yeah ricky seemed like a really cool dude i mean for somebody who was younger absolutely because like there were people that i knew that i was like wow you're really cool and then as i got older i was like no you really and then they dive into that yeah i was like no you're you're just sad like it's sad honestly but but again it's just back to the undiscovered you know looking mm-hmm. for a friend and mm-hmm. then they and then instead of a friend you find a group of kids that idolize you mm-hmm. and you you went from never having friends to now having followers followers yeah um this is another quote from uh, a kid that knew Ricky which in the um Rolling Stone article he's listed they because i don't know if it's a boy or girl um listed as teen dusthead which i thought was absolutely amazing (laughs) i thought that was absolutely amazing that's hilarious Uh uh-huh um yeah so this person said ricky took everything just like jim morrison the younger crowd was impressed by the kid or by what he did about six months ago, he started going to the South Bronx with a friend of mine. He used to drive in, get dusted, and drive back. After two months, they finally crashed my friend's car. They were all, they were all dusted out. Rick found other ways to get into the city. I told Ricky, do too many drugs and you'll be dead soon. He said, yeah, that's exactly what I want. I said, boy, it's your choice. Ever since then, I stopped hanging out with him because he would go to cemeteries and hang out and smoke 10 bags of angel dust and jesus try to get get in touch with the devil chant satan 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 he was a uh he was a drug friend that's all he was from the accounts now again everybody in the story doing mad drugs except for the adults but the adults on you know are on the other hand where they're just like oh my god satan everything satan 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 oh my god so it's like trying to get real accurate information of what actually happened is a little bit difficult. So his him smoking 10 bags of dust, I don't know. I don't know, but I knew kids that were like it. You know what I mean? I don't doubt that he did a lot and of drugs. And then sitting there and saying Satan, 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 not yeah. to be dumb. I knew kids that would, ironically, a lot of ex-church kids. Mm-hmm unironically a lot of ex-church kids that dated girls that were a bit younger than them a bit just just slightly by you know whatever the More legal the amount is and then is. and then pass that you know but uh anyway <laughs> we were young and it happened all the time wasn't that weird <laughs> it was weird to me always i was gonna like, say you should probably clear that one no, up <laughs> but even even then like when we grew up it just it was that was so fucking normalized mm-hmm. it was so fucking normalized mm-hmm. some kids and I, I say some is probably a bunch but they were like yeah kind of weird but like 
so many fucking other kids. It was just like, okay, you graduated, and now you're going to pick up your girlfriend from school when she's a freshman. Like, bro, that's not. Yeah, it was like. like that's not. I, I, you probably couldn't name someone we went to high school with that either wasn't one of those kids or didn't have a, like, first ring circle friend group who was either one of those kids or dating one of those kids. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, gross. That's gross. Anyway. So, despite all of this, there was one person, a couple of people, but definitely one person that uh, would be seen frequently hanging around Casso, um, and it was a boy named Gary Lowers, whom Casso knew since, like, the seventh, the, the second grade. Uh, the two would often hang out at the docks, smoke, and talk about Satan. So, Gary was also into satan but like i think more of like uh this guy's cool i want to be friends with him i mean we've been friends in second grade but like this is kind of more of like a bonding thing like sure i like satan satan's dope whatever we smoke we get high the fuck whatever you know that type of thing more than like i actually believe in satan because neither of them actually believed in satan right it was just a thing to do it was just a thing to do and they were like 16 17 year old boys yeah doing drugs outcasts from their family yeah satan, satan. <laughs> like, that's all i got left it's the 80s and heavy metal is starting to become like more of a fucking thing and satan. That's all satan it's the cool thing to talk about yeah. satan hell satan that that's it that's I mean, all fuck, it was even when we were kids hell satan hell satan exactly yeah. Be- it's not that i actually believed in satan no. it was just i'm not supposed to so right. fuck yeah hell satan i'm being rebellious that's really all it is <laughs> i'm a kid <clears throat> I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Exactly. From different friend accounts, Gary was a nice kid that seemed to be troubled like Casso. Um, people would say like he was like a decent guy to hang and smoke a joint with. Um, some would say that he was a sad kid, as he would often say he wanted to get out of town and run away. And some would say that um, they could see him either going like a rebellion through like go down the path of rebellion and like full send on that or they could see him um kind of just having the the rebellious stage and then growing out of it so like they could see him going either way it wasn't not like casa where they are like okay yeah this kid's probably this kid's gonna full send. yeah this kid's probably gonna end up in jail at some point but with gary is like he could probably pull himself out of it but they said this kid's got full blownsies yeah yeah exactly um he was known amongst the the town to be a thief a little bit of a thief um and there would be stories about how he would steal drugs from friends from time to time but then he would always like make it up to people and so because of that because he would always make it up to people either they would he would get the drugs back you know buy more drugs or whatever or just pay them back or somehow he'd make it up to people so usually everybody's just like all right gary that's just gary he's just gonna steal some some weed from me but like he'll give it back at some point so it's okay gary just doing gary things yeah one um so in the documentary they actually have a recording of gary and he sounds just like your typical stoned out teenager and it's amazing like <laughs> straight out of dazed and confused literally it's amazing so um in the recording he's like i don't know what the recording's for 
but it's just like he, they're talking about drugs at some point i think they're going around in a circle and like just saying what they're grateful for like while they're high they're tripping on acid i think and they're just like kind of going around in a circle just talking about just stupid shit and so somebody asked gary to like hey gary like what do you think and he's like smoking pot tripping on <laughs> sid getting laid <laughs> and then he starts going on a tangent where he honors the person that made um acid and he's like i dedicate this fucking tape to the guy that invented sid man because this fucking dude man i fucking took five hits one once man and i fucking flipped out thanks a lot man i it it was fucking cool man and that that was a pisser and whatever wherever you are fucking trip man and then there was like a second dude on the tape that was like all right thank you gary that's a very good that's a very good philosophy on life <laughs> i was like oh my god i knew these kids <laughs> i was actively hanging out with these kids every you know I mean? fucking weekend every fucking weekend these kids were my best friends at the time i there's tapes of us around that is this. I mean, we weren't tripping Sid for the most part, but <laughs> just, yeah, man, I was actively hanging out with these fucking kids. That's Wherever hilarious. you are, man, fucking trip. Fucking I was like, trip, oh man. my God. <laughs> yeah, you saw me with all these kids. You know exactly who these kids are. I know exactly who these kids are. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> so, locals would say, although the two were actually, like, the same age, Castle always would seem older than Gary. He was the leader. He was the leader. And it was theorized in the documentary that um, it was because Gary had more of a connection to his family and his home life. So he had a better home life. So it kind of kept him not necessarily sheltered because he was still out in the world but kind of kept him softer in a way i guess if you're you're looking at the castle 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 was more hardened by life because of his home life he was abused by his dad he was kicked out at 13 you know on and off the streets had to sell drugs to make money to not just to have pocket money but to like live yeah to eat to have shelter to provide he had to do it to provide for himself because he wasn't allowed to be home um whereas gary was definitely allowed to be home he would dip out you know and run away or whatever but he was always welcomed back with open arms like it wasn't he wasn't viewed as a disappointment necessarily from what it seemed from his his family they kind of just were like yeah that's just gary gary just eventually he'll get over it and eventually he'll 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 you know get out of this phase and he'll stop doing drugs and he'll get back on the straight and narrow whatever. But right now that's just him. He's just going through this. So yeah. <laughs> um. So that was just one of his friends. Another one of his friends was a boy named Jimmy Torriano. Um, at this point, Casso was sharing an apartment with this kid jimmy whom he knew from um football in like middle school so they were on the same football team and um 
Jimmy, on the other hand, was unlike Casso and Gary, where they were kind of like mischievous and Satan doing a whole bunch of drugs and, you know, maybe doing like petty crimes or whatever. Um, Jimmy, on the other hand, was just doing B&Es, just fully B&Es. Yeah, Jimmy was a criminal. Yeah. Um, He was feared all over town. People would say that they would look at him and be like, I don't want to fuck with that dude. Yeah. I don't even know him, but he just he's looks like he's a criminal. Exactly. He uh, people would say that it off. He would often look super crazy, and that you would expect him to er- erupt in a violent rampage at any moment. There was a rumor going around where um, Jimmy had like scars on his face, and there was a rumor going around that he was swinging on a swing set, and he took those metal uh, the chains that uh-huh. hold the swing. Um, he put them in his mouth and then like flipped off the swing and they like, cut his face <laughs> when he like jumped off the swing. Fucking kids fucking rumors <laughs> and shit. Like what the fuck? I don't even think that's physically possible. I don't think it's possible. physically possible, but I don't know. And nor am I going to try it out to, you know, test it out no, to I mean, figure I'm out. I'm not going to question Jimmy. I'm yeah, no, no, no. If, if they said Jimmy does it, Jimmy does it. Exactly. No. <laughs> gonna whoop my ass. There was another story Actually, where Jimmy's not gonna whoop my ass. Jimmy's gonna stab me. Jimmy's gonna yeah. Jimmy's gonna stomp you out. Like, <laughs> um, there's another story where um, there is a there's two beaches. There's two beaches connected by a creek, and Jimmy ripped them apart. No. <laughs> I mean, if they gave him enough time, he probably would have. This dude seems like he was crazy, man. <laughs> But you'll, oh my god, but you, okay, okay. Jimmy dug them apart. He just fucking <laughs> just went out there with a shovel and just fucking dug them and made them not connect. So there was a creek that connected the two beaches together. Okay. And the creek, like the little path in the creek, um, there's like a, a section where there was like rocky wa- waters and that was called the path of death. You know, typical kid shit. Um, because people would. Jimmy walked that shit barefoot. Because people would get caught in the undertow, or they would and it was hit just rocks. Jimmy, it was just Jimmy swimming under. <laughs> but people would get caught in the undertow, or they would hit rocks, and some people would die. <laughs> you know, yeah, and so, laugh, but. <laughs> but like, so everybody knew this part of of the creek, and you know, nobody would attempt to. I mean, obviously, people attempted it because those are the people Whoa, that got injured, or yeah, <laughs> but. But usually people didn't. They would it would be a, a story and be like, oh man, the freaking creek of death or the path of death. La, la, la. Well, Jimmy, apparently nobody said anything to him. Nobody said, hey Jimmy, how about you go fucking do that? He was just like, I'm gonna swim across this, and people were like, no, don't do that. You're gonna die because like everybody else has. Like so stop. And he said, no, nah, I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to do it. So he swam across, got to the other side, and he was like, fuck yeah! Whoa! Jimmy built different. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, if I were to see that where everybody else did that. Died. <laughs> got injured or died. The name of the path is for dying yeah, while trying this. Literally. And this dude, this scary dude I was already <laughs> afraid of, swims across this thing. I don't even know why I was in the woods with him <laughs> in the first place to witness this shit. I, he told me to go there with him, and I just did. 
And then you just he said, did you it. kids, follow me. <laughs> and he does it, and he's fine, and he's freaking celebrating. You got a victory screech out of that? Like, I'm never crossing this man, ever. Not Jimmy Bill. Jimmy Bill. Way too different. Assembled fucking differently. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, like I said, built different. He was a scary dude. Everybody was like, whoa. He was definitely a criminal because he would often commit B&E's, <laughs> like just straight just, up. Just straight up Straight up B&E's, which he would call doing houses. So, you know. Jimmy, you're not doing houses. He, you're B&E. He, he, he would do houses to find shit to sell to make money for You don't find drugs. shit in other people's house, Jimmy. Jimmy, that's theft. You don't just find things. <laughs> no, I just found this in the bank. It's a bag of money. <laughs> I just found it. Behind the counter and in a safe. I just found it. Well, everybody knew that. Everybody knew <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> oh, there was a B&E? Oh, it was probably Jimmy. No, <laughs> no, it was Jimmy stole my shit. I just, like, <laughs> he was, this motherfucker was Devo. Like, he just, he, he like, had to hide your chains when Jimmy came around. <laughs> Jimmy would snatch your grandmama chain. <laughs> Jimmy didn't give a fuck. <laughs> so he would ask Ricky, be like, Jimmy, Dad, did Jimmy go rob your grandma? <laughs> give me that channel. At least I hope he has No, because they know it was Jimmy. <laughs> what the fuck is Jimmy? We know it was Jimmy. <laughs> the cops are afraid because, like, they're like no, we know Jimmy's got their shit. Jimmy's going to kick my ass. <laughs> Jimmy said, shut the fuck up. They said, yes, sir, sorry. Have a nice day. Yes, sir, sorry, sir. Here, I left my door unlocked, sir. <laughs> he said, Jimmy, you can come fuck my wife. <laughs> Jimmy's a ch- no Jimmy. Jimmy might have been a child. Jimmy might have been Jimmy still a minor at this point. At this point, he was definitely still a minor. Oh fuck, Jimmy! <laughs> well, let's not fuck Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's still a minor. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jimmy would. Be you know, hey, I'm making Jimmy, all like, this. Eddie from Stranger Things. <laughs> so that's but, another like, way tougher. That's another part because isn't Eddie the? Because I haven't seen the newest season. Me neither. But uh, he's the one with like the jacket and everything. The one that's playing the Metallica to the end of the world or whatever. That is also based on this case. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say really. It. That's, that's like I think hilarious. I was reading something that yeah they took his inspiration. Name's Eddie. They took they took inspiration from this case. Well, from you know Ricky and Ricky being pretty much the poster child for Satanic Panic. But like, yeah. So, but Jimmy, Jimmy was not the poster from, child yeah, not for, for badassery. Yeah, yeah, not Jimmy. It was, I think is more based on Ricky. But like, you know yeah. what? The song Jimmy was a race car driver is probably about Jimmy. Probably was. He probably just drive him. Fucking, it wasn't his car either. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure it wasn't. He was Fuck. like 16, 17. I just want to know more about Jimmy. I don't even care about Ricky anymore. I just want to know about Jimmy. We'll have to. I'll have to show you the interview with him. Uh, like years later this was probably like in the early thousands that they had an interview with jimmy oh, and man, the legend still lived bro he is faded out of his fucking brain still a fucking just criminal 
I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm I, you sure. Don't, you don't just stop being a criminal. You don't. When you're born a criminal. So Jimmy would invite Ricky to do these B&Es, right? Or to do houses. And Ricky was like, nah, bro, that's too that's too criminal for my blood. So that's how you know Jimmy or Ricky really wasn't fucking with Satan. Yeah. Because he'd have been like, fuck yeah, bro. Yeah. No, the he devil. was like, he's like, no, I that's wrong. <laughs> like, bro, I'm not going to. That's morally. That's. I can't break into. So, this is like my neighbor. They're going to tell my parents. Like, I'm, I can't be breaking. Fucking Ricky was probably like a fucking Levian Satanist. Like, just believed in like the Levianist. You know what I mean? Didn't believe in like Satan. Exactly. He literally was because he would carry around a satanic Bible. And oh yeah, which of what a Levian should mm-hmm. have, which is and would that would be yeah, man. So I again, know misunderstood. I knew I know all this shit about Satan, and I'm the Satan expert. And you should tell you know ask me about anything about Satan. I'll I'll tell you about all these rituals and shit. No, I mean, kind of a poser. I'm not gonna lie. Kind of a poser. Kind of a poser. Definitely a poser. Actually. Definitely a poser. But. <clears throat> Um. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. So he would refuse to do the B and E's with Jimmy. He was like, Nah, I can't, I can't do that shit. Um, Casa would often hang out in the woods behind his parents' house, known known um in the community as the as Takio Woods. The woods actually had a bit of lore, um, featuring a possible haunted temple that was built by a minister who conned the con- congregation into giving him money to build the temple but then he ran away with it but then he returned being like my bad bro i shouldn't have done that you're right to be mad at me i'll promise to never do that again but can you give me more money (laughs) (laughs) can you give me more money because like i kind of i kind of spent some of it so So can you give me more money to like continue building this temple and um I think it. I mean, they they finished building the temple, I believe. But then at one point, he was found hanging in the temple. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's just that's the the legend of the wood. So I'm like, so the woods are like technically haunted, then. So I mean, I would assume to I, some degree. You know what I mean? So because of that legend, and just because they're creepy ass fucking woods, um, especially like the younger kids, younger kids would be afraid of it. They wouldn't want to go, and they knew that the older kids were in the woods, and the older kids were shit doing drugs, drinking, doing you know having bonfires, talking about Satan or whatever. So like it was, it became like a scary place for the younger kids, like middle school kids. Mm-hmm. But then all the high school kids, like especially the, like the upperclassmen, like uh, Casso and Gary and and Jimmy. Um, it was just. Let's be honest. Jimmy wasn't going to fucking school. Yeah, I'm sure he was in and out of school. He had to. He had to show up occasionally. <laughs> Jimmy wasn't going to fucking school. But they would, you know, go to the woods and just fucking party, because that was the place to fucking go. That was the only place to really go. Bamboo forest. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? That why I'm so emotionally invested in the story. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I knew these kids. It's very relatable. I knew these kids. Um, while there, he and his friends, like I said, would drink, smoke dust, and try to contact Satan. One friend in particular was a, um, like a 35, 40 year old Vietnam vet named Pat Toussaint, 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 um, who was also super interested in the occult and people would call him Pagan Pat or Grandpa Dirt. 
because of how old he was. And then he, you know, was a ho- he was a homeless guy. Well, no, actually, he wasn't homeless. He wasn't homeless. He had a home, but he was just Wild. dirty and would just be in the streets all the time. He had a place to live. He just wasn't there and would hang around a bunch of teenagers and people um i mean it was probably like ptsd but um yeah people would just say that he was just kind of like unhinged he was an unhinged dude hang hung out with a bunch of teenagers and also smoked fucking dust dust yeah we did acid did lsd you know did all the drugs and hung out with with these kids and because of him kind of being on the fringe of society and then also Casso being on the fringe of society, they, you know, formed a bond and they became friends. Um, Pat would encourage Casso to get deeper into his obsession with the occult. It was at this point that sprawling further into like the sea of drugs in the occult, Ricky's parents allowed him to um, come back to the house and try to return to school. They saw that, you know, he's getting a little bit further and further away from himself. said, what, we himself. kicked our kid out and yeah. he didn't get better? Right, right. So they were like, you can come back home. But shortly after, Casso was then a sk- uh, expelled from school for skipping too much school. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, no. I haven't been going to school. All right. The fuck do I want to go to school for? Yeah. His parents sought to put an end to his misbehavior and committed him to South Oaks Mental Hospital, where he tried to escape like at least five times and at one point even tried to commit suicide. Eventually, there, Ricky was like, "All right, this isn't working. I've tried to escape. This isn't this isn't fucking working." So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk to these doctors. And uh, I got, you know, big brain. Here we go. Let's go. Um, Even though my brain is fried on fucking acid. um, But I'm just going to tell them, hey, bro, I'm not going to do drugs anymore. And you know how I said, like, I really love Satan and, like, Satan daddy. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, That's not me anymore. That's just not. That's not me anymore. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to be on the straight and narrow. Me, who does? And the doctors actually fucking believed him. Of course they did. Well, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're just they pretty much. Paid. Yeah, exactly. We're just detaining mm. you until you say you're fine and then whatever. Because it wasn't involuntary. Your parents are paying for you. Yeah. Like, and whatever. You say you're fine, you're fine. So they convinced him and he was, uh, he was released. He then returned home and to school. But then, of course, shortly after that, Clocked he got off. kicked out again. Um, so then he went back to selling drugs and living on the Down street. The docks. Mm-hmm. Back to the docks. Several older kids from the high school. To the docks, to the docks, to the docks, docks, docks. Exactly. There was a group of um, older kids who people would say, like, in the media down the line that they formed a satanic cult. But it was just a group of kids who were selling drugs. And they all had, um, like, cut-off jean jackets that had like quote unquote and satanic inscriptions on the back of them and it was just a bunch of kids who who wanted to call them a gang kind of but they were like drug dealers and they were like let's how can we be more intimidating oh we could spray paint some stupid shit all over the town and then wear matching like badass uh 
jacket and people won't want to fuck with us and so then people won't try to sell drugs on our turf and this is our shit that that's all it was but because you know it's the 80s and everybody's got to be christian and be you know tight tie and press skirt that it's just like oh man you wear a freaking headband and you fucking sometimes paint your nails well you're an abomination <laughs> clearly <laughs> you're fucking possessed you're clearly fucking <laughs> they were known uh, hope you die <laughs> they were <Jesus. laughs> they were known as the knights of the black table and um castle so fucking lame you, but like like i said knew these kids yeah they knew these kids yeah and they were they were older kids they were older than Casso and everybody but um Casso wanted to be a part of if not that group but a group because he thought that was badass yeah, he thought that, that was cool as hell definitely would have thought that was badass i want a group where i can like wear fucking satanic shit and 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 uh sell drugs and nobody wants to fuck with me and i'm with my friends and we all hang out and we do drugs and we fucking talk about satan even though we don't really fucking believe in satan i want that yeah but i mean from what i understood casa was not part of that group whatsoever like whatsoever but the media was just like oh yeah and he was the leader of the fucking satanic cult it was never we had we barely knew the kid he was younger than us like didn't hang out with him (laughs) but um like i said however the media would associate Casso with the group and he would be deemed the acid king due to his reputation for selling angel dust masculine um, LSD and acid and being known to and being able to know exactly how much um, how much masculine to take and and what point to take what interval to take it and to to prevent himself from ODing so he would be able to maximize the amount of drugs that he would be able to take but like map it out so that he wouldn't take too much in a short amount of time to OD and like all of that was probably cat i'm sure it was because these are also children that were are telling the story and we're and and they're taking the word from casso who not only is just on drugs but he's also a kid who's trying to be interesting and edgy edgy yeah right because i have been basically disowned by my family like i don't I need some form of connection. And this is how I'm getting my attention right now. Um, so this leads us to October of 18, of 18, Jesus, October uh, of 1983 with a kid named Randy Goosler, Goosler, Randy Goosler, who was a friend of Casso's and he apparently him and a friend broke into a mausoleum to steal a 50-year-old skull and a hand. This was, they, they said this was because um, they were planning on selling the remains to somebody in New York for like $500, $600. And that was like, apparently like the going rate for remains or whatever. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, in New York, you can find a store for everything. You know what I mean? Not wrong. Yeah. So um, Ricky heard about this and he was like, that's sick as fuck. I want to do that. 
let's go steal some fucking remains. So a year later, because you know it took a year to plan this out. Oh, you know, he, he went with some friends, but ADHD. still. Yeah, you know what I mean? So in April of 1984, Ricky, Gary, a kid named um, Albert Cacones, uh, I'm sorry, Albert Quincones, Quincones, Spanish name, Albert Quincones, and then a kid named uh, Rich Barton went to Crab Meadow Burial, burial Ground and um, in the search of a skull and a hand. That burial ground was like a revolutionary era gravesite. Okay. So when this came up, people kind of had mixed feelings like it was creepy but because it was the remains of people who died like hundreds hundreds of years ago yeah it wasn't as weird weird and it wasn't as alarming but it was still kind of like strange like they're probably not doing anything with the body really well so ricky said that the reason that he stole it was to uh perform a satanic ritual with uh pat in the amityville house oh yeah so he and pat were planning on going to the amityville house which i I believe they actually did they broke into the amityville house and then had a like satanic ritual with the hand and bones i got like two different accounts either he was he got it and they did do it or you know he they didn't do it with the actual hand and bones i'm or hand and bones they actually skull and hand um but either way a resident soon discovered that the grave was disturbed and notified the police the investigation led the police to find the remains in casso's position or possession and he was arrested and a court date was was set for him uh for mid-june afterwards casso contracted pneumonia so after he got caught and was arrested um he contracted pneumonia and he was sent to a hospital during that stay his mother tried to uh, get him committed to another psychiatric facility they evaluated him at the at the hospital but they came to the conclusion that while he did exhibit antisocial behavior he wasn't a danger to himself or others and castle was released upon his recovery which i feel like is a story that happens all the time this kid gets you know evaluated they're like well he does exhibit antisocial behavior but it's not necessarily a red flag and i was like yes it was definitely that is a red flag that is the reddest of flags (laughs) i mean people know that now but flag is start fucking (laughs) that flag is so red there's a bull coming for it like (laughs) yeah we're about to get into meat and bones oh hell yeah can we take a yeah interval yes sir yeah stretch stretch. yeah take a walk yeah shit's about to get crazy um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking of making it two episodes, but I'm like, we're releasing one episode every other week. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. 
2 or 3 o'clock. Okay. The story gets so fucking. I always up. like the true crime, to be honest, because they're always funny. Back at it again. Back at it again. Down With the white buttons. <coughs> okay, so where did we love off? With the drugs and we were the about no. to get into the meat and the bones. Yeah, but I spilled up, so then that threw me off. Okay. All right. So, shortly after being released from the hospital, Casso Lowers Casso Lowers Casso Lowers and several others were hanging out at a house party. Um, At some point in the night, Gary stole like 10 bags of dust from Casso's jacket. Oh my. Um, He was either asleep or he was not in like he was in a different room. Um, not quite sure, but eventually Casso realized that he had been robbed, and then Gary, you know, openly confessed that he did it. He was like, "Dude, I'm sorry, my bad. Yeah, I stole it, but I'm I gonna stole- make it up." I exactly, because that's the type of dude that Gary was. I'm gonna make it up to you, even though I did you wrong. I did you dirty by stealing your shit, but like, I'm definitely gonna make it up to you later. So he confessed that he he still had five bags. That he gave right back to him. Okay. But five of them, he either already did or he gave to other people. Okay. So because of that, um, he was like, I'll, I'll repay you for those. The two agreed on a payment plan for Gary to pay Casso back, but that still didn't stop Casso from like being pissed off at him. Right. He right. would um, often harass Gary from time to time whenever the two would come into contact with each other beat him up you know verbally abuse him whatever um to the point where gary stopped hanging out around the park and like downtown and eventually outside in fear that castle would like kick his ass um mm, okay i didn't okay um so yeah, I think it was like fifty dollars worth of oh, Jesus. drugs. But in 50, I guess in you know in the eighties, yeah. it was a lot of money. So fifty dollars worth of drugs that he stole from Castle that he couldn't make up, or like he was in debt for. Um, he was at that point. I don't think he was staying at his parents' house, so he was like on the street again. And he would start, you know, doing B&E's too with Jimmy <laughs> to, you know, steal shit and sell it so he'd make some money. Um, he, Because at first he was stealing money from his parents or stealing drugs and stuff and selling it so that he could make up the money. But then, you know, his parents found out and were like, dude, you can't be doing that shit. So then he would start breaking in, into other people's houses to steal selling shit. Selling their shit. Steal their shit, sell their shit so that he can make money up to give to, to Casso. Um, by mid-June of 1984, Gary had finally paid what he owed and everything seemed to have gone back to normal. Um, on June 18th, Casso was taken to court 
for the grave robbery the grave robbing by his father he pleaded not guilty and then another court date was set for later on in the year on the way back to town however they stopped at a shop ricky asked his dad for like a quarter to get some food like a bagel or something and his dad was like nah to which ricky responded by kicking his dad's car like the side of the car um his dad went into the store and then returned with like two dollars and told ricky to never call the house never talk to his mother or sisters again and that his dad never wanted to see him again so basically like officially disowned him from the family wow yeah after that with two dollars with two dollars which again back in 1980 it still ain't shit but you know he could buy a couple bagels for like a week or something yeah it's fucked up dude um so then we get to do to june 19th a day later um 1984 where they were at this park that was close to the azteca woods everybody was out celebrating all the kids uh all the high school kids um it was like the beginning of summer around the beginning of summer so everybody was just partying getting high you know just chilling in the woods or chilling in the park um gary had been with other friends when casso invited him to come into the Astica woods and party with himself albert uh Kinkonis, and uh jimmy troiano initially gary didn't want to go but because you're like bro you you're just kicking my ass like not that long ago but like whatever you know um he was convinced by the group because they said that they were going to go get donuts from dunkin donuts and um that they were gonna you know just go chill in the woods and, and trip and listen to music so he was like all right fine whatever you convince me that's fine so the group went to go get donuts came back to the woods uh, they found a spot in the woods to make a bonfire, but were unable to get the wood to burn because I think at that point um, it might have just rained recently or whatever. So the wood was kind of wet. So it was a little bit difficult to um, make a fire. So everybody said the Gary, awesome dude, solid dude. You know, he offered to take his socks off to like act as kindling. And, you know, he threw his socks in into the pile and then he was like, I'll take my jacket. Or no, Ricky said, why don't you take your jacket? Use your jacket. And he was like, well, no, like, this is my jacket. But what if I just take the sleeves off? So he cut the sleeves off his jacket, threw it in. Then they were able to, you know, start the fire. Um, eventually, they started to indulge in what possibly 40 tabs of LSD. I don't why? know. Between the four of them. So Ricky... Um, no, I'm sorry, between the three of them. Ricky, Albert, and Jimmy. Um, and eventually, and they also smoked, like, maybe 17 bags of PCP, but we don't, like, don't really know. Again, because everybody was fucking high. Um, per Albert's recall of the events, at some point while sitting by the fire, Gary tells Casso that he has a funny feeling that Casso is going to kill him. Not quite sure. But I just got this weird vibe. Maybe it's just the look in your eyes. Maybe it was the conversation that was going on at the time. I mean, Castle would always say wild ass shit. So it was probably like peaked Gary into like, hmm, hmm, 
I don't know about this one, bro. Like you lured me out into the middle of the woods. We were you were just beating me up like last week. Right. Like two days ago. And now we're cool, we're fine, we're buds, whatever. Um, to which Castle was like, Bro, no, you're crazy. You're taking too much drugs, man, too many drugs, dude. No, I'm not gonna do that. That's that's wild. Um But at some point, again, don't really know exactly what happened because there was only like three people there there were other kids that were there at the beginning when they were like i guess getting the fire started and shit but then they left like right before this so nobody other than albert jimmy and ricky albert jimmy ricky oh yeah sorry four albert jimmy ricky and um gary Gary were there so at some point ricky and jimmy start attacking lowers they start biting him on the neck and the ears they start punching him they start kicking him then um casso takes out a knife and then proceeds to start stabbing gary well then gary was able to push Castle off and started to run but casso um with gary being wounded from you know the knife wounds and being kicked in the ribs um casso was able to ca- catch up to him and tackled and tackled him Toriano was then um, said to have passed the knife to Ricky, and Ricky started to stab Gary Moore. Well, at that point, Castle told Gary to say that you love Satan, to which Gary refused and just said, started screaming that I love my mother, I love my mother. Toriano and Castle then drug Laura's, sorry, Gary's body away deeper into the woods and then started covering it with some brush they assumed that they killed him and they were just kind of like trying to hide the body but apparently Casso says that um gary suddenly sat up to which they were both freaked out so then they went back and started stabbing him more in like the face region um and all over his body until like he was officially dead um then they met back up with albert albert still albert was like sitting some reports say that he was sitting on um like a a stump or something but then other reports saying that he was just kind of just standing there but either way he wasn't part of the murder from the other accounts from his account and from uh jimmy's account he wasn't a part of the murder he was kind of just standing there and but they were all tripping and albert was definitely tripping and there's like a recording of him talking about how he didn't even really want to do drugs that night maybe smoke some pot or whatever but he didn't really want to do any hard drugs but the two were insisting that he did them yeah wow and so then he eventually was just like because he didn't know what the fuck was going on he even says like i didn't even know that this this was going on i thought they were just messing around whatever and then all of a sudden they start attacking him and then it just gets out of hand so the three go back to albert's home and then they wash off the blood on the knife afterwards the three go to um there was like a nearby bridge they throw the knife off the bridge and then the three agree to just never talk about it again like we're just mm, didn't happen i don't like still tripping probably right now this is too much for me right now i'm sure albert's probably fucking thinking that and we're just not going to talk about it you know but of course as typical teenagers you can't really keep shit to yourself you can't not talk about shit especially in in uh, ricky's 
instance because he so much wanted to be that crazy kid that that kids pay attention to me this is this is you know satan and this is uh my identity or whatever it was just a cry for help basically but at this point you've gone too fucking far then you've gone too far this is past a cry for help now um so he started to talk about it um those that knew gary weren't concerned about his disappearance at first because gary like i said before was known to just disappear for days and his parents weren't necessarily concerned until you know the days turned into more days one day turned into three days three days turned into a week a week turned into two weeks so people were starting to get concerned where the hell is gary they start asking other people around um at one point gary's mother even received a strange phone call from somebody saying that she'll never see her son again because i killed him <coughs> wow meanwhile Casso's running around town telling friends that you know hey dude yeah you know gary yeah nobody can find gary well it's because i killed him and they'd be like bullshit dude and he'd be like no for real i killed him so because people weren't believing him and you know he's told like maybe 12 to 20 people about this shit um he decided to start taking people to view gary's body because they hadn't done anything with it it was just still sitting in the woods yeah so they other kids and they're all children all of you know people at school he was taking to see the body well they were all shocked but nobody said anything to anybody that's crazy as fuck all of those kids never said a word to anybody about it never told anybody about it and i believe they told stuff to each other like eventually some of them found out that other people saw the body and so they would talk amongst it with them you know with each other but as far as like telling authorities telling their parents nobody told anything nobody said anything um (coughs) there was however one girl who was friends with somebody that saw the body and she's the one that said something to her dad and her dad uh you know told her like we got to call the cops so at that point somebody finally said something and called the cops but um at first the like the police didn't necessarily think it was anything they kind of just blew it off um but because like they often do yeah but in the meantime because like the smell of decomposition started to become like overwhelming jimmy and ricky decided to bury him so they dug a small grave next to where he was laying and then they pushed him in there um ricky and jimmy started to sense that they were going to be like be found out soon because we just told the entire town about this shit and we've been showing everybody the body so they decided to make plans to go upstate to buy a car and then flee to the uh flee from the east coast to california where they were going to try to support themselves by you know selling drugs and starting their life you know typical fucking teenage shit. teenage stupid fucking shit not knowing anything about the world and now knowing how anything works and oh damn well we're gonna do the exact same thing even though we kind of have the support of our families a little bit we're gonna go cross country to a whole different place and we're just gonna start a new life there wanted criminals now we are wanted murderers 
and we're gonna go across country and you know try to start a new life man put this whole thing behind us but like i said at that time whoever this person was contacted contacted the police and um i mean thank god somebody somebody fucking did but and and explained that you know ricky and jimmy were out here showing the body to everybody just out here hey you don't believe me come come follow me come follow me into the woods and see what we did um so eventually the police actually do go out there i mean it was the tip but it was also most likely residents complaining of the smell in the park right yeah because that's usually what happens nothing happens until rich people start complaining about it and then and then something gets done about it um so yeah they used cadaver dogs and the police finally discovered lauer's uh remains buried in a shallow grave on july 4th of 1984 an, ops- an autopsy would show that he died from d- a dozen stab wounds to his back, God his face, damn. and particularly around his left eye. So in the media, they would often say, and this was more of like the satanic panic shit, uh-huh. but that they, they were, were trying to take his eye. They were carving his eyes out. Yeah. Part of like a satanic ritual type shit. Because along with the nights at the black table... They would say that, um, yeah, they were sacrificing small animals. And then there was like this little um, moment in in time where some of the pets were going missing, like the town pets were going missing. And so they were blaming the Knights at the Black Table for that. But I'm sure it was just some 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 stupid people were just leaving their doors on you know open it could have been a serial killer it could have been anything but blaming it on these kids i'm just like i don't because it would even be I mean, account- one of the kids could have been a serial killer but it wasn't one of these kids right because there were like i don't know 20 kids in that group so it could have been i mean probability maybe there was one That's how it but always like works. you know small pets go missing serial killer yeah but um they were blaming it on well they're a satanic cult so obviously they're having satanic rituals which then they this case well see satanic rituals and they 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 were working on the small pets and now they they worked up to this to this kid and it could be your kid next you know you know how they try to spin it so meanwhile jimmy and and ricky they apparently made it to chicago but then they either they lost interest in the plan to go to California and were missing their friends, so they came back, or they like forgot something and came back. It's not really clear. I'm leaning more towards the second one. <laughs> Talking Shit, I about my phone charger. <laughs> they didn't have phone chargers back well, then. I know, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Some dumb shit. I forgot to fucking water my plants d- something stupid and so they came back um and then there was like some people said that they came back and wanted to sell drugs and wanted to just party so they came back to party at a uh the northport yacht club all night and then they just fell asleep in their car which that part i believe i believe they came back party and then fell asleep in the car because they're stupid um but then somebody at the yacht club 
reported seeing a suspicious vehicle to the police. Well, the police came out and one of the officers actually recognized Jimmy and Ricky sleeping inside the car and he immediately called for backup. So the two woke up to like 18 police officers surrounding them, guns drawn. And you would think like they'd be like, fuck, you know, (laughs) and try to run or try to, you know, anything now jimmy was like apparently like super quiet and peaceful and was just like yeah man you know i always do square business with the cops i'm not going anywhere like you got me i've been doing b and e's since i was 12 dude like fine (laughs) what am i gonna do run (laughs) you're gonna find me you recognize me when you saw me exactly (laughs) you know who i was you You pulled up my file dude you carry my file with you dude it's just in every squad car (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) ricky on the other hand tried to stab an officer to death with a switchblade that he had hiding in his back pocket before he was subdued well if you didn't know ricky was white Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? If you had any questions. <laughs> so they were digging into custody, obviously. And then they started questioning both of them. At first, uh, Casso was like denying everything. But then they after be- just trying to stab After him. just so trying to stab somebody, yeah. He was denying everything. Nah man, nah, this I, fucking I, crazy I dude. I don't people. even I don't even know that kid, you know? I don't even have a knife. Yeah. What? Me? Huh? I'm not even really here right now. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm moving too fast. <laughs> His chair's empty. Like, how the fuck? <laughs> but then eventually he confessed and he said that. Nah, you got me. Mm-hmm, saying that Gary had what was coming to him because he was, quote, ripping people off for money and drugs in the town. And that while he was stabbing him, he was shouting, like, satanic stuff. Which, again, Brings me back to the point that Ricky, poser. yeah, you know what I Ricky's mean. He's a poser. Because I, I can just picture him just going like, yeah, like, and then I was like, sh- like shouting like satanic stuff and like, shit. What does like, that even fucking mean? Who? Dude? Because if you were, you would know exactly what you were saying, and because there would be a reason you were saying it, but you were just probably saying like, hail Satan, blah 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 blah. Like I know Latin. Yeah. Oh, I you can wouldn't speak understand. Latin. You wouldn't understand. You don't know Satan like I know Satan. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Shut up. Um, yeah. Uh, according to Albert, Casso was... Si- blah, blah, blah. According to Albert, Casso was said to be yelling uh, to Lowers, say that you love Satan, a line that would be repeated endless- endlessly in newsprint and, you know in books and movies and that is like the selling point like once that came out that line came out dude it was a selling point for everything police also arrested uh kinkones albert police also arrested albert who was actually like he said he was beaten by the cops into confessing about everything um, and he was offered immunity from persecution if he could give a testimony against Jimmy and Ricky. Jesus. So based on his testimony, both Ricky and Jimmy were charged with murder for the, the murder of Gary. 
but thanks to the police and our handy dandy fine police work and a, a beautiful wonderful press release was um sent out to the media stating that ricky and ricky jimmy and albert possibly albert were uh belonged to a satanic cult and performed satanic rituals and of course the media ate that shit up they They ate that shit up and spun it into a satanic panic piece as the hysteria the the satanic panic hysteria was just kicking into high gear at the time indicating that on the last stabbing Casso heard a crow call out which to him indicated a sign from the devil that he was intended to kill Gary because there was a uh, like in the documentary one of the guys that knew uh, Casso like I think it was like the day before the murder so this was after his dad officially disowned him um he was with a friend and this other dude I think it was the dude the other dude's cousin or something they were all hanging out whatever they were walking along um this beach and while they were driving to the beach there was a crow that landed on a tombstone or something and the guy that was driving was like oh man that's freaky and castle was like oh yeah because castle was in the back seat drawing fucking you know just (laughs) fogging up the windows and drawing like fucking pentagrams and shit shit. yeah that's what he was doing in the back seat so then um he saw that saw the crow and he was like uh the dude that was driving was like oh man that must be an omen of something and castle was like yeah man that's probably an omen for some shit a day before he murdered gary So then they went to the beach, and as they were, like, on the beach, like, walking on the beach, Casso's taking this knife that he has, the same knife that he used to kill him, I'm sure, and um, was, like, throwing throwing the knife in the sand and picking it back up and throwing it in the sand and picking it back up. And, this, like, like I said, the day before, he murders this kid. I feel like I've seen a movie based on this. Probably have. There's been a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know there there is a couple, at least a couple of movies that are like directly mm-hmm. um, recanting this or retelling this story, and then there's probably movies that are just like inspired by this this thing, this this story. Um. Da, 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 da. Okay, yeah. So the media went crazy for months inspiring like talk shows and tv specials and people were comparing uh ricky to to manson Manson. yeah to manson saying like oh my god look at this crazy because when he was arrested there's a video of him being like taken out of the car into uh the the station and you see him kind of like he's he's got his acdc shirt on which is like the iconic fucking obviously you know what i mean like the iconic uh satan worshiper type shit so he has his acdc shirt on and he's like kind of like big fucking 80s poofy hair kind of getting it out of his face and his eyes are kind of crazy because i'm sure he was high at that point and so there's a there's two versions one version where there's no sound at all and you just see him kind of make this ah face and there's like an iconic photo which i'll show you later that's part that's when he turns to the camera that's that photo that's taken mm-hmm. but with the sound on he's making this weird ass sound like a or like a kind of thing but st- 
stupid shit that we would do. The fucking rawr I love you type shit. That, that's the stupid shit. That's the stupid dumb shit that we would do as teenagers. That's what he was doing in that video. And that's the shit that people would be like, oh my god, see? he's He believes in Satan. He, he, he He's like so far in the occult. And oh my god, Satan. And I'm like, no. He's 17 years old. <laughs> doing a, a, a bit. Of a, a, of a teenager. And a bunch of bit. Yeah. Of LSD. Exactly. Exactly. But people took that, took that and ran with it of he's so abnormal and he worships Satan and he's a bad kid. I mean, he, I mean I'm not going to say he's not a bad kid, but that he is like the fringe of society before he murdered somebody. That you know, all that all that was before he murdered somebody. That people were looking at him like that, and I'm like, I literally would do that shit in high school. That was me. <laughs> yeah, literally. Not the LSD, you no, know, but everything, and not definitely not the murder, not the dust, and not definitely not the dust. But but the stupid shit. Yeah, the dumb shit. All day. That was that was we knew people like that. That was our circle. Um. Oh, yeah. Um, so saying that he was Manson and then also saying that when the teens went out and started a bonfire, they started chanting and, and uh, wanting to do a ritualistic killing of Gary. And say, say, saying that they were chanting Satan, 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 and other satanic BS. As if it was organized. Like, you were, you were really putting it that these kids high off of fucking PCP are that organized right? to come up with an entire ritual and lure this kid. I mean, they did lure him out there, but like to, to make it an entire thing with an, with an intent like that, that seems like, A that lot. seems like higher thinking. <laughs> <You know. laughs> that seems like a lot of higher thinking. Um, but before Caso could even, address any of these allegations to uh or even face trial any of the trials because he he was still having to go uh back to court for the grave robbing oh right yeah but before he could do any of that on july 7th of 1984 he hanged himself in his cell with his bed sheet oh wow what a pussy yeah his parents blamed the police for not keeping a closer eye on him saying that like when he was arrested he was high off of mescaline so obviously he wasn't in his right mind and you guys should have been keeping an eye on him. But I mean, n not to fully defend the police, but I mean, like he went to like two psychiatrists and n nobody said anything like they said, ah, yeah, antisocial behavior, but he's not a risk. Right. Not a danger to himself or others. Right. And even when he did try to attempt suicide in the other facility, hmm. No, he's he's okay because he convinced them that like no, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna try to do drugs anymore, whatever. So I'm sure not none of that went on fucking record. Um. However, a former inmate who was in jail at the same time as Casso said that there were other inmates who were watching the news and saw that Casso was the kid who was doing the who did the satanic killing they then began to chant and egg Casso Casso on to kill himself 
because he'd never make it out of prison and once he actually like got sentenced and sent off to prison that either they or some other people would harass him the entire time they were there so they're basically like you might as well because your life's gonna be a living hell once you get into prison like you're actually in prison we're gonna fuck you up and we're gonna you know make your entire time shitty shitty um, but others that knew Casso said that that was Ricky's plan the entire time. If he said that if he got caught for this murder, he was just gonna, he was just gonna kill himself. Like I think, and there was even something where he told his mom a similar thing, to where like she was concerned about him and the stuff he was doing, and he was like, "Well, I mean, whatever. If anything happens, I'll just kill myself. It's fine." And that's. See, that's what I was saying about yeah. the being depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you remember Pat? Which one was Pat? Pat was the old, the older uh, man. Oh, old Pat. Yeah, old pagan, pagan Pat. Pagan Grandpa Pat, Dirt. uh, Grandpa Dirt. Yeah. Yeah, Father Time is what they would also call him. Oh, okay. So he feared that he was going to be questioned by the police because they're may have been an instance or there may have been some information that Pat was there during oh, the murder. Really? Mm-hmm. Some people think that he might have been there because he was always hanging around. He was always hanging around with them. Oh. And I mean there isn't I mean there's there wasn't much evidence of anything really. Yeah. And everybody was high. Yeah. So the fact that if Pat was there he definitely would have been a person of interest because Pat was encouraging um, Ricky into the occult. the occult and believing in Satan. So and Pat was like the Manson. Don't know. Don't know. Because he feared that he was going to get questioned by the police. And uh, before anybody could take him in, he let himself get hit by a train. Oh, yeah. That's definitely not the uh, actions of an innocent man. Yeah. But again, high off of God knows fucking what. Yeah. And the PTSD. Yeah. And he probably has like some sort of like survivor's guilt in a way yeah. from what from Vietnam, but then also from this because yeah. I encouraged this kid to, you know, get into the occult. I didn't maybe I didn't think that he was going to go that far or I'm also fucked on my brain. That, it, you know, that's not something that I'm thinking about. Whatever. We're all just chilling. We're all just vibing. And, like, now the reality of it is starting to set in. It could be that. Or it could be that he was there. We will never know. Honestly, we'll never know. It's it's just there's not enough evidence. So with um, Albert being immune, with his immunity, Casso dead, Pat dead, Troiano was now the only member of um, the trio that was going to face trial the only evidence that the prosecution had was albert's testimony and um um jimmy's lawyer would say like when he was questioning him about shit different details of the story jimmy would change a story like four or five times there was like an instance where he would ask him tell me the story and then like tell me the story again and the st details would have changed and he was like, you know, what? why are the details changed? He told me the story like a few times and each time something changes. And he, he tells his lawyer, 
It's hard to remember exactly what happened when the trees are melting and the stars are rushing around. <laughs> so this is the only information that we have to go with. We have Jimmy's account of the of the events and we have um, Albert's accounts of the events. Both of them were high as fuck. That's fucked. Albert even states at one point that there was a tiger or a cat, a large cat that was like let out of the that he saw or something and in court um i believe it was jimmy's lawyer was just like yeah there there was a big cat and he was like really i saw a cat wow and he was like so see we can't believe anything that he says because who would believe that like you know a lion or something was walking around in the right. park and nobody else just, said anything about vibing. it just vibing in the park yeah um Jeez. So because of that, that was the key to um, Jimmy's defense, that he was too high to even fucking know what was going on. So there's no real way that we can convict him of anything because he wasn't even in his right mind. None of them were. So both Albert and Jimmy admitted to have taken like at least 10 tabs of acid each and then smoked multiple bags of angel dust. And because of that, neither of their testimonies could be believed. Albert claimed that Jimmy held uh, Gary down while Ricky stabbed him, and due to the stab wounds in Gary's back, it indicated that Gary might have been held down, but it could have also indicated that because uh, Gary had passed out when Casso attacked him, he kind of like fell forward and Casso was in, uh, you know, in the rage, so he was just stabbing him in the back. But without any concrete evidence, trying jimmy for the actual murder was damn near impossible so he was found not not guilty that's fucked mm-hmm so like i said satanic panic full of swing in the 80s um it started to make people question their own kids like do you are you believing in satan like um, you have these ACDC and this Judas priest posters on your wall so you need to take that shit down because you know I'm, I'm worried about yeah i know what happened to the casso kid and this in and, and then the fucking turiano kid and they're fucking uh satan worshipers and then they killed gary and blah 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 um yeah using using satan as a scapegoat for what was actually the pro it was actually the reason of casso was neglected by his family set aside at a very young age probably abused at a very young age thrown out of the house was left to resort to for you know his own devices he decided that how am i gonna make money i know i know how to buy and sell drugs i'm a buy and sell drugs i'm also gonna do said drugs because that it provides an escape for me because this shit sucks but it sucks a lot less when i'm fucking high bing bing bong how else am i going to connect with people oh people see me as the weird kid so i'll just like double down on that shit what makes me even weirder oh satan i'll be really into um heavy metal and i'll be really into satan because that's like what the cool thing is to do so i'll be the expert because then people will be like oh man who do we know that knows about satan fucking ricky fucking ricky <laughs> Um, 
Yeah. So, to kind of clear the, like, uh, what I was going to say, I guess to bring, bring it all home, to bring it all home, um, because I want to talk about the Teenage Dirtbag song. So, mm. the, I think he was, was he the... Okay. Lead vocalist. Yeah, okay. So the lead singer of Wheatus, the rock band, mm-hmm. um, Brandon B. Brown, he actually, I think they were all from that town, but he knew Ricky. Oh, shit. He actually fucking knew Ricky. Not on like a personal level, because at that point, when, Rick, when they were all 16, 17 years old, you need to stand up again. No, that's fine. I'm almost done. Okay. Okay. When, um, yeah, they were all in their later teens. Brandon, uh, Brendan, sorry, Brendan. Brendan was 10. Oh, okay. So he was a lot younger than Ricky, but he lived in the same town. There was one part, uh, one story where he said that he was drive. he was in a car with his friend and his friend's parents and they were going shopping and they were in a, a van. Uh-huh. And Ricky, like they were turning a corner and Ricky jumped up on the, um, what are they called? The running boards of the van, the little step mm-hmm. on those like on those big vans. Um, so he jumped up on there on the passenger side and then made that like hissing sound that he makes in that video and then like looks back at them and makes a hissing sound and then jumps off and then uh, Brendan sees him run into the to a group of friends and they're all like laughing and shit. And he was like, yeah, so like that video of him walking when he got arrested, that's that's ricky like that's just his personality he's a fucking weirdo weirdo he's just a weirdo so the song teenage dirtbag is based on rick it's not about ricky but it's about what ricky represents and that summer of 1984 repercussions of of ricky's actions exactly because then because he listened to the same music and he was into the same shit, not necessarily the Satan shit, but he right. was into, you know, heavy metal. And like other kids around that time are super into heavy metal kids around, you know, D&D now. Or, yeah. And in, into all that shit. And it was looked at as Satanistic and or Satanic. Sorry. Satanistic. Satanistic. They was looked at as Satanic. And because of that, like everybody had to pretty much hide what they were. And he even says, like, in the documentary that, um, like, the jocks and the cheerleaders, that's when they got, you know, that that good kid. Uh, yeah, when everybody yeah, was yeah. like, oh, well, he's a jock and she's a cheerleader and they're the good kids. And we're obsessed with that because you're and where, like, the clicks started, because apparently back then there weren't necessarily clicks, necess- you know, right. it was just they were just kids and that's just what they were into. And and you weren't into that, but that's OK, because y'all all went to school together so you know them but that's just where they had to start separating them. where they had to start separating them because you had your good kids and you had your bad kids which were the other yeah wearing leather jackets mm-hmm. and fingerless gloves yep. and yep plaid yep and so then when i think of like the breakfast club mm-hmm. that's exactly that's literally who i was describing yeah that's exactly it the fucking satanic panic fucking ricky casso and 
all the parents in that town freaking out because like this could be happening with my kid right now when it wasn't even true none of that was true nobody was worshiping the devil and if they were they weren't those kids and if they were those kids they weren't the kids that we were talking about right (laughs) there was such a small subsect of i'm sure of children who actually worshiped the devil but everybody else were they're just fucking kids dude just being dudes so Gary's mom and father stayed in Northport until they died. Rick, uh, Gary's dad died in 89, and then mo- his mother died in 2007. So they stayed there oh, the wow. entire time. I'm sure they didn't want to leave. Right. They didn't want to leave his remains. They didn't want to leave. Um, Albert apparently lived somewhere in Manhattan as of last year, because that's when the documentary came out. Okay. Um, lived somewhere in Manhattan and continues to deny any interview about the case. There was only, like, one person who was the guy that wrote that um, Rolling Stone article who was actually able to talk to Albert about it. He was the only person to be able to get an interview. Because after that, um, it had to be used in court, or they tried to get it used in court. Um, Yeah, after that, he was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm not going to talk to anybody about anything. Um, Jimmy spent his life in and out of jail for burglary and armed robbery but now apparently he lives in like upstate new york um ricky however ricky's remains were cremated and they were left unclaimed by a local funeral home for nearly a fucking year dude until his parents eventually came when they found the time to pick him up like i get it but that's your kid literally like you abandoned him so many times and so even in death you're abandoning him they apparently were kept kept in a on a basement shelf next to old christmas decorations for years until they were finally um brought to an uh, buried in an undisclosed uh undisclosed location in the 90s then probably thrown away probably I would, I would, I wanna, I wanna hope that they did actually I bury am him. I'm banking on thrown away unless like his sisters buried him. I yeah. Which I I hope that's the case. Or his dad died and the mom buried him. Well, his dad did die. His dad died like in '91. Yeah, and then maybe like their mom buried him. I yeah, sisters, because it seems like the dad had no part in it, and I guarantee he didn't get buried while his dad was alive. Maybe yeah, because from. Away. From what it sounded like, yeah, his dad definitely was like, no. His dad hated him Mm -hmm. for a long time. And his mom was like, what am I going to do about it? You know, what can I do about it? It reminds me of the family dynamic of uh, the Stainers. Stainers. Exactly. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Which is why it's just, it's so stereotypically 80s. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking disgusting. Mm -hmm. But, like, that part broke my heart. Yeah, that, that hurts. Cause like, cause yeah, he's a shit bag. Yeah, like at the I, end of the day, I'm not condoning anything that I he fucking did. I will sit here and say that I genuinely believe Ricky is a shit bag by nurture, not mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what else is a kid abandoned at thirteen? Right. Abandoned by the pop. 
supposed to do without a Muriel and, and all Eustace. In the documentary with the people that grew up with him and, you know, some people that were in his age range and some people that were younger than him, so they seeing it from a younger perspective. But then um, they would say, you know, like, everybody did that shit. You know what I mean? Like, did drugs, yeah. fucking, and, I mean, or burnouts or whatever. Yeah, and he started as, like, a little pothead. Yeah. And then, like, immediately got escalated because, like, I don't want to be your standard. Right. What you want me to be. And... And not to say that because of that, that you are now destined to commit a murder. Oh, hell no. But, but. It's, it's kind of like a cocktail of things. And that's like when people talk about these cases and they kind of just villain, villainize yeah. people, especially like kids. Some, because I've heard some cases where that kid is just straight up. The kid's fucked. Yeah, the kid is fucked up. Like, but he would have been that fucked up either way. This is one of those cases where, like, people come out of it and they're like, well, I never did that. I yeah. was subject. And it's like, okay, but that is throwing dice at a wall mm -hmm. and hoping that, like, you have the right build and the right circumstance. Right. Because any given day, had you made a different decision, you probably could have been a Ricky. And it's... It it feels like, again, I don't know him. I, d I never knew him. I don't know anybody <clears throat> who was around him. So I can't s talk on who he actually was as a person. But I can only go off of who I knew and who I was around for four fucking years. More than that, like in middle school and shit. Who fits this bill. Mm -hmm. And while they've as far as I know, didn't commit any murders, but I, I can definitely see this as being one drugs, your drugs at, at 13, heavy drugs at 13 fucks up your brain. On. 13 on. On, so, exactly. Yeah. And then being suicidal, depressed. suicidal, depressed, you know, neglected from your family, verbally abused. I'm sure verbally abused. Can't, not going to say. You know, because I don't have like concrete information of whether or not he was abused. Because the only people that would be able to tell me that would be Ricky, his dad, his mom, and his sisters. I don't know. Right. You know, I don't know actually know what happened in that household. But I can only make inferences based on the information that I'm given and my own uh, accounts of people that I've come into contact with. But. So yeah, abu emotionally abused at, at some the very at least. some yeah at the very least, and um, with the whole gifted thing, like we were saying earlier, probably on the spectrum of some sort. Probably. And so, kind of throwing all that together in a cocktail, yeah, and then being a social outcast, and then trying to you know make up for that by being the wild crazy kid and trying to like one like one up yourself Every, yeah with everything and trying to be the coolest kid and then gary steals drugs from you and well you you're not a bitch so you're not gonna just say well it's fine gary because i've already let i'm already led myself to be this crazy but kid. also like i've already made the conscious decision that suicide is my gateway exactly like exactly. That is my, that's so I'm my full sending on like, whatever. I am a god. Yeah. Because I either die by the hands of the world mm -hmm. or I kill myself. Mm -hmm. But like there are no repercussions mm -hmm. for me. 
And then, because, like, in the documentary, they were talking about, like, mob mentality and where, like, you stole from me. Well, now I got to whack you, you know? Right. Because someone's going to, if not, someone else is going to start. Somebody else is going to start. Yeah. And I got to nip that shit in the bud. Which, like, I mean, you're 17, so, like, that's what you think life is. Exactly. Exactly. You're 17 in 1984. With all, I'm sure there were a bunch of mob movies and all types yeah. of shit. When, yeah. when did The Godfather come out? Ricky was, yes, probably. Probably sometime right around then. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Ricky was a shitbag, but to not claim him for a year and then, yeah, that's just dirty. Mm-hmm. That's just dirty. Which, that just tells me... That what I think about your household is probably right. And what I think about Ricky is probably right. Yeah. And if he had just a little bit more nurturing, I'm not saying that he probably wasn't going to do drugs. I'm not no, saying that he probably wouldn't have committed a crime at some point. Wouldn't have been a murderer. It probably wouldn't have been a murderer, or he probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have murdered his fucking friend. Yeah, it might have just been a random. It pro- yeah, it might have just been a random. And like a, he probably would have gotten closer with fucking Jimmy and did a B and E, and then it would have been a casualty. And right. not saying that that's any better, but I'm just saying like. That's a. Di- it's, just it's, it's it's a different level, of I guess like depravity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. That's the story. Of a teenage dirtbag. That's the story of a teenage dirtbag. The teenage dirtbag Ricky Caso. And I went into Sheesh, this research. That's heavy. I went in. You see what I've been dealing with for two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I've been so off thinking about this shit. That's, it has been, like, in my brain. That's super heavy. And, um, yeah, it started off with me going into this being like, oh, yeah, this is, this is a story about a crazy kid, which the satanic panic, I didn't believe in anyway because, hi, you know, I was part of that group that was, like, ostracized and oh, because I, like, wore black wore black and had my emo phase then obviously i worshiped the devil and it's just like no because for me to worship the devil i'd have to believe Believe in christianity and i don't do that therefore there's no way i can worship the devil because i don't believe in him but i like to say that i do because it's funny as fuck right because it makes people uncomfortable and and it's such a weird thing to be uncomfortable about because you can't fucking see it Yeah. The sun god. That's At least it's real. People make fun of me because of my fear of spiders, and I'm like, that is, that is act. That's based in reality, yeah. though. Like, <laughs> there's one somewhere. Right? Yeah, you know what I mean. At all times. Um, but yeah, went into it thinking that this was going to be just a case of some kid just some being wild kid, just a wild kid, and doing some stupid fucking shit, which it was. But like, it, it, it. Oh, oh, it got into my fucking feelings. And I was like, wow. I think it's because, like like you said, we all know someone who could have been a Ricky. Mm -hmm. We all know someone who was a Ricky to at least some degree. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, probably, you know, anybody could have been a Ricky because, again, it's a case of nurture, not nature. Mm -hmm. That's just, man, it's heavy. And then there's also just and the I mean, case like, of there's a dead body involved too. So yeah, like, you know, talking that a dead person. I shouldn't say refer to Gary as a body. Yeah, because they did that in, in reports, very, and it made me feel so weird. Very, yeah. yeah, that's not very cool. But yeah, I mean, like, like Gary died. Mm-hmm. But like, there's still, you know, that's weird. 
sadly. The other weird thing is like the fact that he was born in like '67, and so had he still been alive, all of them, you know, they'd be around my parents' age. Yeah, yeah. And that's so weird to me. Like a little bit younger, but like that's so weird to me. And then, like, 1984, I Wait, was... he was born, what, 67? 67. Yeah, that's, like... That's that's around Jen's age, I'd say. That's weird. Like, three years younger than Jen. It's weird. Or older, sorry. And to think that... Because I was looking at other it's stuff, like you know, random shit. Older than my dad. Not to be, like, that type of person, but, like, <laughs> I was looking at different people and where they were at that time. Beyonce was three years old when this happened. Beyonce's old. Yeah, she's, like, almost 50. But <clears throat> just thinking of it, like, pulling different pieces yeah, of history and, like, connecting it to it, just, like, yeah, thinking like of that, 60s, it's weird. Yeah, like, like, the Beatles. Or yeah. Like yeah. All throughout the 70s, you know, he was yeah, just this kid four, and really like, whatever. There's, like, so many TV shows based around it. Mm-hmm. Isn't it Camp 1984? Isn't that, isn't that movie? Camp 1984. It was like this, this horror camp or whatever the fuck it was, wasn't it? Like what that we watched? Yeah. Yeah, something like and that. It's just like all kinds. Eighty three, eighty four, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Man. I mean, I get shit happens all the time, but yeah, and it's crazy that like it's so sad because like his story and just how blown out it was mm-hmm. and how villain, like you said, villainized he got. Mm-hmm. Like I get it, he definitely murdered a whole person. Like a person's life does not continue because of him. Right, and and it's not to minimize Gary's death at all. At all, but it's just like they already did that. Yeah. By making it something it wasn't. Yeah. To focusing focusing it making it about Ricky, and making it about. But really, what they Satan. made it about was boosting Christianity and selling more Bibles mm-hmm. and being able to ostracize more people. Exactly, which was ironic because they made it about Satan. Which then boosted like heavy metals, yeah, heavy metals like uh, record sales and everything. Yeah, because like that's how far y'all push people. Yeah, but yeah. Yep. I don't know. How do you segue out of that? So that's our show. Yeah, that's the show. I I don't really have too much more commentary on it. At this point, I mean, it's just that's something that's gonna have to marinate. Mm Mm-hmm. I know I said, like, keep the the, the tape rolling, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't even know if anything's going to pop out. Because I don't know if I just want to – I don't know if I want to stew on it anymore right now. That's very fair. Like, that might just be something <laughs> that, like, I think about later. I, I had to finish doing my research today, and that's why it's taken me, like, a few days because I have to get back in the mindset of doing it. And like yeah. I said, with true crime, there are cases that get me, usually not because I don't necessarily relate to what's going on. I can always empathize. I can empathize, but I can't relate to it. Yeah. Like, it'll be about, like, people out in the South or something, and I'm like, I can't relate to that because that wasn't my experience. I, or people out in California, I can't relate to that. That was yeah, never my experience. I, you know what I mean? Like, there's different lifestyles. I, I can't relate to it. But this, and it's weird because it's it's East Coast. I can relate to that. It's kids being the outcasts. I can relate to that. And just, you know... The heavy drugs, no, but I can relate, not personally myself, but through the eyes of other people that I hung out with. Yeah, these were my friends. 
And if not my friends, these are my friends' friends. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see these kids. Very much so. So, thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sitting week. through. It is a long episode, um, but I think it's worth it. I think so, too. And you're going to get less of them, so split this up. You know what I mean? You don't have to listen to it all right now. I mean... By the time you're listening to this, you already have would have. Whether you didn't listen to it all right now or not. Well, thank you for finishing. Right, you know? That's what she said. I was going to say, we always love finishers. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you're sick. No. Which how could if, you not? <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, please share with a friend. Your friend's mom. Whatever. Your mom. That's fine, too. Um, not Ricky's mom. Not. I don't know. Jerry's still out on Lynn. I don't know. No, I feel like sitting by and letting your kids be abused is just as bad. It is. So you don't. It is. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. Okay. Don't be a scumbag. Don't be. Or let people be scumbags. Call them out. Also, be sure to rate and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed the recipe for today and want to share your variation, tag us on tag us on the social tag us on social media at the Spooky Easy Pod on TikTok and Instagram. If you have any other topics you would like us to discuss, like us to discuss, um, you can let us know by emailing us at the Spooky Pod at gmail.com. Thank you again, and we will. See you next time. Bye. Two and a half hours. Good job, though. Really good job. Did you pause during that break?